0: Here is my reality reflection for today. So how does one deal with a great, great loss? Something like a death. A death of a loved one, a death of a pet. A great, great loss, especially when it is something like death. Where for Catholics, right, we have a very clear understanding of the teachings of the church and that we must abide by them. So it is very difficult when someone who we know is not practicing the faith or is a Catholic when they pass, what do we do? How should we feel and react because a lot of us may feel quite saddened and maybe even in despair with no hope that this person can possibly get into heaven because they aren't Catholic. We don't know God's ways. I'm sure you've heard the age-old debate about whether animals are In heaven or not, Thomas Aquinas, brilliant man, very, very respected theologian, says no, because they don't have the souls of human beings that have free will. You've got different creation levels. You've got the vegetation and trees and things like that. That's one level. Then, of course, you've got the animals and the animal kingdom, if you will. And then you've got human beings. And he's saying because there's no free will, they don't, they're not going to go to heaven. There, you know, won't be. And I truly disagree. I believe that God will have all creation. Why would the the child lay down with what is it? The the lion or the, you know, I mean, you've got all these different things that are laying down with different things. Right now, I can't remember them all, but clearly it's like, you know, the lion laying down with the baby, you know, and the cobra with a lamb or something like that. I'm totally messing that up. So don't kill me on this. I think you get what I'm saying. And I believe that God wants all of his creatures together to live in harmony, I don't know. That's what I believe in my heart. So I stick with that. I pray through that. So when my dogs died, I had to give it to God, right? Lord, if it's your will to be in heaven when I see them, I will be so grateful. I also have read many a book about people who have had near death experiences where they see people and dogs. Animals waiting, kind of at the light, if you will. So sometimes I think we need to de- dive deep into our hearts and think, okay. And I also know that there are other priests and people who are in the Catholic faith who also believe this. I can name two. I called in to Relevant Radio and talked to Monsignor Stuart Sweatland. I also talked to Father Richard Simon, who's a friend of mine. We actually talked about this sidebar. Bottom line, I hold on to that hope and with people. I know many. So, the Christian people who are not Catholic, let's just talk about them for a second. Hi, if you're listening, love you. My best friend's mom just passed away suddenly this past week. And I went to adoration and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I asked, Lord, you know, will Sharon be with you in heaven? Is she with you in heaven? And I got a real calming, peaceful fleece, if you will, like a big fleece blanket that poured over me and gave me such comfort. And you bet your biddy that I went and told her right when I came out of there. And she is a very prayerful Lutheran. She has had these experiences with God as well. Supernatural, mystical kind of experiences. For example, her son, was trying to get into a college through a baseball scholarship, and they were going from college to college, and all of these, you know, recruiters were all on him for certain colleges, and then he just nothing ever panned out. And my friend said it's going to be this school, and her husband and her son looked at her and they thought she was insane, and kept telling her kind of to be quiet and not even to talk about it. It's so ridiculous. They're not interested. That's not happening. And then the day before everything is going to shut down and there isn't going to be an opportunity for him to get a scholarship because nobody's coming forward, that college called and gave him an offer. And it was at that moment that faith grew in her husband and her son. And my friend just looked at them and said, I told you because she knew. I struggle with if you're not catholic you won't get into heaven but i know that's the teaching but i still have hope that the lord will have mercy and that is what purgatory is for because i got to th- sit there and think about my my non-catholic very good holy people, to be honest, who pray, who go to church regularly, who don't, you know, who are honestly living the Christian life. And you mean to tell me that God's not going to allow them in to heaven through purgatory, but they're going to allow that fallen away Catholic who hasn't practiced diddly squat their entire life who has mortal sins on their souls and who have completely denied the church and its teachings and maybe even its beliefs, but they will be able to go through purgatory and get into heaven. You know, we got to think about this kind of stuff. And I choose to believe that God is merciful and knows the soul's heart. It's a whole lot of people <laughs> that won't won't be getting into heaven. So am I saying something opposite of the teachings? I am having hope. I believe those teachings. I believe that we should live a sacramental Catholic life. Why? because it's the only way that we can continue to be sanctified and holier down our path is through those sacraments. I just went to confession and it was like coming home. I hadn't been in a long time. I've been telling my husband, I gotta get to confession. He's like, you've been saying that a lot. I'm like, I know, but I'm not going. (laughs) So I finally went he said, how was it? I said, oh, man, that's such an awesome sacrament. I, and he's like, well, what are you doing? Ha, ha, ha. He's always like that. Why do you keep going to confession? I said, look, I'm not committing these major sins, but you know, I got snippy with you the other day. I was talking about my mom behind her back. Not really like bad, but I was talking about her. I was talking about my brother, you know, and I'm I'm trying not to gossip. And it's hard. <laughs> It's really hard. So, anyway, bottom line, that is why the sacraments are there (laughs) to help us along the way, to bring Jesus into our marriages and into our bodies and souls through baptism. I mean, through, again, reconciliation, that beautiful gift. Through the Eucharist, the more we receive Jesus into us, the more that we will be changed. So here's the deal. I believe the teachings. I believe animals are in heaven. I'm going to choose that because in my mind, it makes more sense. In my heart, as I pray over it, it makes more sense. I know Thomas Aquinas was a brilliant Theologian. Brilliant. So we shall see. And we can still pray. Do not give up. I know people who are like, well, they weren't Catholic. (laughs) You know, and they just chuck it. They're not gonna get in heaven. So well, they're on, you know, like stop the madness. Are you kidding me? Let's pray, let's sacrifice, never stop praying for those who are dead. And let's talk about purgatory. Because I haven't prayed much for the people in purgatory until probably three days ago. I was reminded of that. And I know a lot of people who I pray are in there. And who need a lot of cleansing. (laughs) So let's continue to have hope and pray to God. Because here is the final point. We do not know God's ways and we will not understand him until hopefully he has mercy on our souls and we see him face to face and then all will be known. But I choose to think that he reads the heart and he, again, is the most merciful ever the mercy is beyond anything that we can comprehend and his love too i felt i needed to go there because again i've got a lot of people around me who are experiencing a lot of death and i just want to talk about it and give you all hope in the promises of jesus in the love of what he did for us to have mercy on all of those that we love in our lives, including non-human beings. Alrighty, everyone. Hope, hope, hope. It's what keeps us alive. And that's why we need to keep hope alive. We don't hope And have faith and trust in God and what he's going to do. Praying, it's lined up with what we want him to do, right? It's amazing. When we have that prayer without doubting and all that confidence, that we actually have the wisdom to know that God can do anything. And we have to hope in those miracles, and that hope is going to keep us alive and faithful and on this journey to be a witness to everyone else that's experiencing the same death, but who is spiraling into despair that they're never going to see that person again. Okay. Keep hope alive. Keep yourself alive in hope. Keep those that have passed in your heart of hope. Have confidence in God, knowing he's something we'll never understand and trust that he will do his will for our good and the greater good. Okay, I'm trying to close this, but I keep talking, so I'm just going to stop, and I'm going to ask you to go out there and be loved today. It's kind of a yucky, rainy, stormy day, but all of the snow is gone, so there's a part of me that is really excited for this next season, this season of spring, that Lent is coming up. What is it that you're thinking about doing that will bring you closer to God, bring you closer to your vocation? How can you be a better spouse? How can you be a better religious? How can you be a better single person? How can you be love to those in your life, showing them that light? in their dark life and existence. I love you all. I do, I do, I do. Pray for Lent. Pray for Lent. Don't just decide. Okay, I'm going to leave you with one little Lenten story. Because if you haven't prayed for what you're supposed to do, I highly suggest you do. Because people are going to start maybe, you know, if you're in, if you got some spiritual companions out there, they're gonna be like, what are you going to do for Lent? (laughs) What are you doing? I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. I remember one year, two years ago, um, actually it was 2020 and I decided I was going to do like 15 things. I had them all written down. I had devotions, I was doing novenas. Um, you know, obviously I was going to do something on the eating side, the drinking. I mean, I was I had so many things written down. I was feeling a little bit anxious about it, yet excited at the same time. Happened to go to Adoration um, after Ash Wednesday, and I sat in there, um, and God really put it on my heart, like in a big way, and said, pick one. I was like, what? I put this, I put all this thought together in this, you know, like, this is what I want to do, you know? And he's just like, pick one. So I chose the eating, but I made it one meal a day. And that one meal a day was in the middle of all of this travel that I thought I was going to have till COVID wiped it off the map. But I got a few weeks in and it was awesome because every day I had to pray Because some days I had a breakfast talk, you know, other days I had an evening talk. Other days I was in the airport and there was no time to eat, you know, it was a conference talk or something like that. So every single day I was eating at different times. Sometimes I was eating in the airport. Sometimes I was eating at the hotel. Um, So I prayed and I prayed and I had so much prayer throughout the day because I was hungry, And I kept asking the Lord to help me. You know, I give my hunger to you for all those people who hunger for your love but have no idea who you are. And it was incredible. Incredible. And why did eating bring me closer to God? Because I had to pray through it, asking him for strength, and also asking him, like, when's the best time that I should do this? And then when I did have food... Whoa, was I grateful. I mean, I sat and I looked at that food and I was like, thank you, Jesus. Now tell me how that doesn't get you closer to God. All of that. And that is one thing. And then COVID came, wiped it all out, all my talks out. And then I became a complete whack job. And I started eating everything in the house and I was totally going against my Lenten promises. And then a week passed and I realized, oh my goodness, I haven't prayed a deliverance prayer because God put it in my head when I was on my knees saying, I don't know what's going on. I was fine. Now I'm home, completely able to control this and I'm eating everything in the house. What's going on? I'm feeling anxious and out of control. And then God said, you're not using the weapons that I taught you. And that was when I said, ah, my gosh, I haven't prayed a deliverance prayer for a week, a week and a half. It's like seven, seven, eight days. So I immediately got into the deliverance prayers and there was such peace. And that, again, closer to God. Running to God when I'm like, what is going on, Lord? And God communicating to me. And me saying, duh, so that's it. That's what it's all about. Okay. I almost did two different podcasts here, but I really want you to pray. Even if you've already quote unquote decided, I think you need to take that to God and make sure that he wants you to do that. And while you're sitting there, if other things pop into your head, it's probably him. (laughs) So listen, listen with an open heart. Because he might actually be telling you something that you don't want to do. No, God, I really don't want to not drink during Lent. It's easier for me to give up chocolate or something like that if that's where you're headed, you know? Okay, enough, enough, enough. Okay. Ah! All right. Go be love. I love you all. Pray on Lent. Ask the Lord to open your heart. And keep hope alive. Find something more in God. Have a blessed and inspired day.